Take your Bibles and open them up to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. This morning, we're going to talk about building up the church. It's one of our three purposes, right, is edifying the church to, uh, to grow, um, to add to the church. You know, we're, we are growing in numbers, we're going to grow in numbers, but to add to the church is also to add to the lives of those who are already here. Uh, we have to grow in depth, we have to grow deep as much as we, as much as we were to, we would to grow out or grow up. In order to sustain it, we have to. We have to grow and grow closer to Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about discipleship. And a disciple is, is a learner, is a follower. Uh, and we are, as believers, as Christians, we are followers of Jesus Christ. We're His disciples, our Lord and Savior, the one we sang about, who washed our sins away, who cleansed us and made us whole. I've heard it said before that a student studies and learns a subject, but a disciple studies and learns the Master. And our Master is Jesus Christ, to know Him, to draw close to Him. There are marks of a true disciple or a disciple. And, and the first, and I think is um, the most important, is, is their wholeheartedness. We, we talk about our heart a lot because the Lord talks about our heart a lot. <laughs> he says, uh, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. This wholeheartedness is, a, is our core. It's, 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 our, it's down in our being. It's our belief. It's, it's what unites us in, in, in our, our deep down in our heart that we believe in Christ and we believe in His cause and we believe what He's done for us. And therefore, with our whole heart, we choose to serve Him. With our whole heart, we, you know, when you apply yourself, when you apply your heart, it's so much easier to learn, isn't it? <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you love it. I mean, it's almost impossible to learn something that you're not interested in. But boy, when you're interested in Him, and I'm not just talking about learning facts, and I'm not just talking about learning uh, memorization for the sake of memorization. I'm talking about learning Christ, learning Him, drawing close to Him with our whole heart. Right? All in. All in Christianity. That means that we've just said, I surrender. It's a, it's a, it's a surrendering faith. In Christ. That's a mark of a disciple. In in John 8, 31, the Bible says, Jesus says, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Another mark of a disciple is one that continues. Just continues. You know, they just keep following Christ. That's faithfulness, right? Right? It's being faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to Him. Faithful to His Word. Faithful to His work. Faithful to His will. You say, what, 
you know, what greater thing could we be faithful to than faithful to Him? Again, we as a church, the church, are the body of the bride of Christ, right? And we are to be faithful to Him. Faithful to Him. A disciple is faithful to Him in the good times and the bad. No matter what happens, what we go through, we still say, He, I mean, I, I'm not saying this, I'm, I'm asking you, has He ever let us down? <laughs> I mean, would He let us down? He's never let us down, and He's not about to, and we know that. That's again, back to our whole heart, we believe it, we trust it, that's trust, that's faith. John 13, 35. I'm going to get to Galatians 6. The Bible says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A mark of a disciple is their love for brothers and sisters in Christ. We we sang that song this morning. I'm so glad to be part of the family of God. You know? And that is what it's about. It's saying, man, what a privilege what a privilege to call myself a Christian. What, what a privilege to be numbered in this number, the, the, uh, the children of God, and have that fellowship. He says this is something that all men will know. In other words, this is something that people can see in your life, that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Genuine love. For them, This is something that outsiders, this is what he's saying here, if you read the whole passage, he's saying outsiders or, or the lost can see that, there's, that we're followers of Christ because of how we love each other, how we love each other. And then John 15, I'm talking about marks, I'm just trying to define what a disciple is in our mind. John 15, 8, he says, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And again, fruitfulness in our, in our Christian life is a mark of a disciple. And again, how are we to be fruitful? How are we fruitful? We are fruitful by abiding in Christ. It's, I, I truthfully believe it's that simple. I believe that if we get our roots, our, our branches into the roots, naturally, fruit will appear. Tree, as I've said before, doesn't try hard to bear fruit. It comes naturally because it's connected to the roots. And if we're in fellow, if we're spending time with Christ, if we're spending time with Christ, if we're in that prayer, we're in the fellowship, and Bible reading, those sort of things. I honestly believe that a result of that will be fruitfulness, and that is a sign of a disciple. So the, to define it as wholehearted, faithful, fruitful, a love of the brother. And so when we talk about our own personal discipleship and building others in discipleship, I just for a second want us all to consider where you're at. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? Are you, uh, are you one that uh, would be able to help and disciple someone else? That's what we're talking about in discipleship. Again, if we're talking about the church being built up, that means that each one of us personally need to be, uh, be discipled by Christ and being discipled. And then each of us can reach out and help disciple someone else. Don't you think that's how the body is supposed to work together in that way? 
That's the picture, right? So naturally, just naturally, if we're going to talk about discipleship, we have to talk about Ohio State football. (laughs) Urban Meyer, in his book Above the Line, Lessons in Leadership from a Life from a Championship Season, talks about bringing people up. He's done it his whole career. Bringing a team together. Helping people achieve their best as a unit. And as they do it as a unit, the whole unit rises. There's a section in there that he talks about. Uh, This 10-80-10 rule that uh, 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 you can apply to teams and organizations. 10-80-10, the way he describes it is the, the inner 10 is the nucleus. That is the wholehearted, the faithful, the, 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 the leaders, the motivators, the, the inspirational, the, inf- the influencers. They give 100% and nobody questions it. It's evident. Then there's the 80, and that's the majority. They're trustworthy, they're, they're pretty committed, they're committed, they're good people, they're wonderful people in an organization, they're needed, they pretty much make up the structure. And then there's the outer 10, and they're uh, skeptical, but they're part of the organization. They're, they're interested, maybe not too committed, but they're there, they're a part of it, they're in. And this can, this can move, obviously, and what his point was is, is to be... To, to grow in strength, you, you grow that inner core. You grow the, the nucleus. You, you bring people. And, that, and, I, and I thought about this in the sense of that, that's the strength of the team. So, so those 10, 80, 10, that could change. It could be, you know, it could be, uh, you know, it could be any number. It could be the 50% is the majority and then 40% skeptical. <laughs> or, or, or it could be any number and that can determine the strength of the unit and the strength of the team. And discipleship is that way. And, and in a sense, in discipleship, what we would try and do, and I've got scripture, we're going to get to scripture here in Galatians to prove this, but it would be the 10%, the inner core, trying to encourage the 80%. Bring them in. It'd be the 80% reaching out to the outer 10% and trying to encourage them and bring them in. You say bring them into what? Bring them into a closer relationship with Christ. Let's not get that you know confused as far as the church. That's what our commitment is to. Our commitment is to Christ and what He has and what He wants for us. Take you're in Galatians. I'm not. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1. Brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, humbleness, humility, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Let me ask you this question. Uh, Restoration is the responsibility of the what? Of the spiritual, right? Of those who are spiritual or to restore. Bring, bring in, help, bring back. Maybe, maybe that's the inner 10% bringing the 80% in or the outer, the skeptical, the not so. And by the way, in our Christian life, 
you've, we've all moved back and forth in that thing, haven't we? I'm pretty sure you said, oh, yeah, there was a time that I was, you know, I was 100% gung-ho, all this sort of, and then I'm just back and back and forth. And that's a part of our Christian life. You can look at yourself and see that. But if you're spiritual, what's it mean to be spiritual? I believe a good way to define it here would be sensitive to the Spirit. And so, if we're sensitive to the Spirit, what's the, what's the, what's the Spirit telling us? Hey, restore that brother. Restore, help, help that sister. Help them. Bring them in. Help them to grow. Help them to get closer to Christ. Do what you can to bring them back or bring them up or bring them closer to Him. Bringing the unit together. I believe that if we're sensitive to the Spirit, if we're we're sensitive, uh, the Spirit is constantly trying to grow and help the body, right? And so He'll put it on our hearts to pray for each other. I said a while back that, you know, if we're praying for each other, if we're truly praying for each other, it's it's harder to have anger, bitterness, all these things toward each other if we're in prayer for each other uh, for for our, uh, our blessing, our families to be helped. This discipleship is to build others up. To be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to what, how we can edify the body of Christ. Again, that's one of our three purposes. All of us, if we are sensitive to edify the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ, does that glorify God? It absolutely does. And that is what we're created to do. All of us can glorify God in different ways. Some of us maybe are gifted into glorifying God through singing or something like that. Someone might be able to glorify God through being able to be an encouragement to somebody else, a help to somebody else. But if we're sensitive to the Spirit on what we can do to help bring somebody else up in the body of Christ, build someone else up or bring someone closer to Christ then we're glorifying God. Turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 24. The Bible says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. If we're going to get involved in other people's lives, that's kind of a risk, isn't it? Sometimes it's easier to just be like, I'll, I'll just close myself off, and I'll try and help myself. <laughs> because last time I tried to help someone, that didn't go so well. But you know what? A servant of God, someone that wants to help someone, you know what we have to learn to be? Patient. And, 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 I, and I think that patience is, is sometimes longer than what we think patience is. <laughs> We're like, oh, I've been patient for like six months or something. I've been patient for ten minutes. That's probably more like it. <laughs> you know? Uh, but but, but uh, the Lord's patience, His long-suffering, many times is much longer than what ours is in our mind. He said, in meekness, again, humbleness, it's important. It's important if you want to disciple 
Uh, if you want to be one that brings someone else up, if you want to be someone that builds someone else up, it's important that you do it humbly. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who have taken them captive uh, by him at his will. Not only, not only is that, uh, you know, in, in discipleship, it's bringing those that are believers up, but we're called, as Christians, are we called to bring others to Christ? That's, that's not necessarily a discipleship. The discipleship starts after that. But we are called to bring others to Christ, are we not? Is that our call? But is it also our calling to bring others closer to Christ? If we're going to be a servant of God, we have to not only bring others to Christ, uh, but we have to bring others closer to Christ. And that's going to be done through humility. It's going to be done through patience. It's going to be done uh, through being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, being spiritual. Turn to turn to first Second uh, Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. You know we even see these things in in the lives of Jesus's disciples, right? In in John chapter six, there's thousands following Christ and so-called disciples. It says disciples there in the passage, but when he begins to go into his doctrine, he goes. Goes into talking about him being the bread of life, that there's eat of him, and, and all these sort of things that went way over their head, and it was too hard for them, and they went away. And out of the thousands that were there, twelve were left. You're starting to see the, the 80 10 thing here. And out of the twelve, one of them, the Bible says, was a devil and betrayed Christ. So out of the 11, there was even a, a smaller group of three, Peter, James, and John, that were with Christ, Mount of Transfiguration, that um, went deeper, closer with Him in the Garden of Gethsemane in prayer. And then, and then there was just one, John, at the cross. And so we see this, even in, even in his disciples, man, it goes from thousands to small number, handful down to, smaller handful down to one, all the way to the cross with Christ to be there for his suffering. You say, it may get a little um, lonely then if I were to get closer to Christ. It may get lonely in one sense, but we're talking about getting close to a friend that's sticking closer to me. We're talking about getting close to a friend that will never leave us nor forsake us. That's with us even to the ends of the earth. We're talking about a, a really, really good friend. One that's worth getting that close to at any, at any cost. Wholehearted. A wholehearted follower. A wholehearted disciple. Look at Second Timothy chapter 2. Begin reading verse 1. Paul to Timothy, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, 
the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see that verse right there? That is exactly what I'm talking about. Paul taught Timothy, and then what's Paul think? Hey, Timothy, I taught you something. I expect you to teach somebody else. That's supposed to teach somebody else. You see it? It's, it's, a, it's a discipleship. It's supposed to grow. It's not just supposed to end with you. It's not supposed to just end with me. I truthfully believe that in our own personal discipleship, in our own personal growth with Christ, there comes a point after salvation you begin to grow that eventually you have to, you, you get a lot, but in order to continue to grow, you've got to start giving some out. In the sense of you've got to invest in other people. You've got to begin to disciple someone else. You've got to come along and say, I know that the Lord's created me for a ministry and I'm the minister, so who to whom or to where or what am I a minister? There comes that point in our maturity, in our growth, that we have to reach out and help someone else in, in order to, for ourselves to continue to grow and draw closer to Christ. He says, verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It's interesting how many in the New Testament, talking about Christians in the church, how many references and military terms that, that is used to prove a spiritual point. He says, endure hardness, Timothy, as a good soldier. Timothy was not enlisted in any army other than he was serving the Lord. But he was supposed to endure heart. You know... Hardness is something that, for the most part, is only for the, the, the 10%. When things get hard, typically there's not a lot of folks that are going to go through that, go through the, go through it. When I think of a soldier, I heard one guy say, you know, when, when you sign up as a soldier, and they give you a, a uniform, you put that thing on, you then get to just go and do whatever you want. Go anywhere you want. Make your own schedule. <laughs> Say, well, I got the uniform on. I'm going to come and go. But is, are, are you committed to that thing uh, through, through good and bad? You are. And that's what it is to be committed to Christ. Is Look, Christ did a lot of suffering before he was glorified. And I don't know that we should expect anything different. We may go through some temptation. We may go through some trials, some suffering. Uh, We ultimately know that we are going to be glorified with Christ. But it would be a wrong thing for me to act like that we aren't going to go through some hardness. There aren't going to be some troubles and trials along our discipleship way. He says in verse uh, 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Look, When it comes to becoming a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ, drawing close to Him and His purpose and His plan for our life is far greater than anything else that we could do. It's not that we don't, uh, you know, aren't concerned about our careers. We are. We do it as under the Lord and all those sort of things. But they don't even compare to His primary goal and purpose for our life. There is something far greater than a paycheck. Something far greater and eternal than anything that this world has to offer. We we have look, 
you have to believe that to your core. That God has something greater than that. Now, He uses that. And that is the vehicle. And we're called to that. And work and all those things are ordained. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying of God. But, but those things are sometimes a means to an end to His purpose and plan. A far greater call than what this world has for us. He says, uh, No man at warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I, it, is, it is amazing that he's chosen us. And he has chosen us. He wants us. He wants us to be co-laborers with him, joint heirs with him. He wants us to experience uh, the, the joy and the happiness of serving the Lord. Verse 5 and if a man also strive for the mastery, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. He said, hey, consider this. Consider this, uh, this, this passing on uh, the things that you've learned, Timothy, to other folks. That they can pass it on to other folks. Bringing clo- folks closer to God. He, he, throughout Timothy, Paul calls Timothy to grow. To grow. And to grow others. He, he brings Timothy constantly to a, to a spot where, he, where we're supposed to think. To, to be thoughtful of our, our own personal Christian development. Be thoughtful of it. Like, you know, am I, am I growing? Am I, am, I, am I fruitful? Sometimes that might be painful to look at yourself and, and, say, and, and, and come to the point of saying, no, I'm not. But that's helpful in the sense of being able to then say, well, then what do I need to do? I need to abide in Christ. I need to do these things to be filled with the Spirit, to be spiritual, to be sensitive. I mean, I'm saying... there. In order to be a disciple, there's going to have a disciple is is a choice. A disciple is not mandatory. It's not. It is not. A, he said to all his disciples, "Follow me," and then they just did. This is something that we have to think about and then choose. He's calling us. He's chosen us. But there is still a choice. We have to say, "Okay, I'm willing to grow." I want to grow. I don't, I'm not just willing to grow. I want to go. I want to grow. We understand it's like anything else in life. You get out of it what you put into it. That's, a, that's discipleship. So, in December, we're going to be starting to focus on next year. But we're going to start now. How am I to grow? I, I want to set myself up to grow. To grow in Christ. To grow in Him. I want to prepare myself to grow. And as I grow, I would like to bring others along with me. I'd like to help and invest into other folks' lives. Build into someone else's life. As a church, as a body of Christ, we pray together. We're worshiping together now. But what if you had someone that you could pray together with? I mean, like a partner, 
as a husband and wife. That's a good one, right? Pray together. Both believers. Say, this year we're going to pray together. We're going to read together. Read the scripture together. We're going to study together. Having a partner to grow with. Maybe one, you know, that, that is further down the road than you. Maybe one that uh, you can help uh, disciple. Both are helpful, right? You ever, you ever work out with someone that's, you know, run with someone that's better than you? It, it drives you to greater, doesn't it? It pushes you, right? Yeah, to, to, to work with someone, maybe in your area of expertise, and, and they, they are an expert at it, they know more. You know what it does? It inspires you to greater. It sees the possibility of what you could become. Ultimately, our eyes are not on each other. Don't misunderstand me. Our eyes are on Christ. But we can sharpen each other, right? We can encourage each other in Christ to grow. You ever studied with someone in school or college that, that, that has inspired you to say, hey, there, you know, I heard a teacher, this, I can do more. I, I, I see it now. I, I thought I was limited, but, but I can go further. If God can use them, he can use me. What I'm saying is make that choice to say, hey, I want to be that disciple. I want to surround myself with other disciples, some that encourage me, some that bring me up, some that build me up. I've said this, but as a church, we have to grow deep in order to sustain a growing out or growing up. We have to. There has to be a core that can, you know, if, if God's going to bring us uh, folks that need to be saved um, and, and born again, he, he, he also wants to bring them to a place where they can be discipled and that they can be helped. And there's got to be people that God can lay on their hearts to say, hey, these people need encouragement. Humbly, patiently encouraged and helped and brought up and built up over a long period of time. Not just a short period of time, but over a long period of time. As if we we're raising up children. It takes time. But when we have that, when we see that, the growth can be exponential, right? When there's those that are growing deeper and then there's growing out and growing deeper and, and there's folks passing it on to each other, discipleship, in a unit, tightly knit together for the same purpose and the same cause. What can be done? Can we carry a heavier load when we're, when we're, can God put more on us? Can God put more responsibility on us? We don't have a lot of responsibility now. There's not a lot of ministries necessarily. God's used us. We're, we're building a couple. I got new pictures from the church in Congo. They're having services there now, packed out. Church is packed out. Four, 400 plus people. Well spread, I We're seeing small things, but God can do so much greater, right? Don't we believe God can do so much greater? But God won't put more on us than what we can bear, really. And so we have to grow in in strength. And our strength grows by the core, by the the group that's, hey, I'm going to go deeper, I'm going to get into the Word, I'm going to strength. And God can put more responsibility on us. More in in the... And the responsibility that God gives us as a church is the joy. It's what we do for Him that glorifies Him. It's what we do for Him that says, hey, look, we're fruitful. 
were fruitful. That's the purpose of the discipleship. It's for the growth. So the discipleship course, what is it? It's on you. Every discipleship course is on you. <laughs> it is. If you're going to be a disciple, it's got to be on you. You say, I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to get in it. I'm going to, I'm going to become skillful. I'm going to become a little more skillful in this Word. I'm going, to, I'm going to be a student. I'm going to be... I'm going to grow. Look, if we're in the Word of God, we're going to grow. It's food. It's our meat and it's our drink. It is our sustenance. <laughs> it is, it's what gives life. I'm going to get involved. I see a need. I see a need, so I'm going to meet it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask God to help me to do it. Pray about it. I would say that as you plan from now into the next year for your your own personal discipleship growth, that you spend time in prayer about this. I mean, seriously, maybe maybe uh, this afternoon, Lord, how would you like me to grow? What things do I need to begin to put into my life to ensure this growth as a disciple, as a follower of you? Whose life am I to be involved in? What ministry am I to give my life to, to, to invest in? I do want, I do want to encourage others. I do want to see others come close to Christ. As a Christian, as a believer, when we're right with the Lord, when we're in fellowship with the Lord, when we see others come to Christ, doesn't that bring a great, great joy? Doesn't it? When we're, when we're in fellowship with Christ and we see others draw closer to the Lord and see uh, obvious growth in their life, obvious joy in their family and, and how things begin to change, doesn't that bring real purpose, real joy? That's what I'm talking about. Seeing that. Seeing that grow. It can grow. I see it. I see it. I see it can grow. I see it. It can happen. It can happen in our lives. It can happen in our homes and in our families. It is possible. So, so here's the point. Here's the call to action. You hear it, and, and deep down in your heart, I know. I know that if you're if you if you've got Christ in you, you you're drawn to Christ. If you've got Christ in you, you're drawn to Him. So this message is, is I know that it's speaking to all of us, saying, "Of course, I want to be closer to Christ because I love Him because He loved me." Of course, I. Do. So here's the call to action: do something. Do something. Abide in Christ. Set this time aside for fellowship with Him. Set this time in the morning, this time at lunchtime, this time in the evening, whatever your time is. To be in fellowship with Him. You said, will it make a difference? It will make all the difference in the world. No time is wasted when you're Christ in fellowship with Him. And abiding with Him in prayer, in fellowship, meditation, Bible reading, growing, studying. Getting involved and taking the risk, I understand. Taking the risk of getting involved in other people's lives. Did Christ take a risk on us? Did He get involved in our life? He, he, he was God in heaven. 
and he came down to earth. And he got involved in our lives. And that's like, we can't even understand what it would be like to come down that low and get involved in someone's life. So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'd ask you to pray with me. Dearly Father God, we're, we're asking you as a church to take us deeper. Lord, I pray that you would entrust us with some that we could disciple. Lord, some that we can invest in their lives. And Lord, that we'd be faithful as a church to do. Lord, I'm asking you to call some folks out today and, and have them commit to say, I'll be spirit-filled, spirit-led. Lord, to help others to restore others, to bring brothers back. I'll be, I'll be a help to my brothers and sisters in Christ. God, I pray for all of us, all of us, each of us, have to be intentional on our own personal growth. God, I'm asking you for strength. I'm asking you for clarity. Now, Lord, in, in each of our lives, we have different ministries, different callings, no doubt. Lord, I pray that you give clarity to each of us of what you'd have us to do. What you'd have us do to glorify you. To draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.